Hey, you are about to listen to what is a fun interview with one of our favorite, favorite people, novelist, who I think has been our longest running guest. Yeah, I mean, he was on our panel two years ago, our very first panel, Anime NYC on Anime and Hip Hop, and now he's going to be in New York on Thursday doing a show. Where and when? He will be at the Delancey. It's Lower East Side, Manhattan. Address is 168 Delancey Street, right by the F train, Jay-Z, you know, all those Lower East Side trains that we don't use except when we're going to the Lower East Side. (laughs) And then even on top of that, we'll be in New York City on Saturday doing a live panel talking about essentially with Nora Caesar doing their pop-up, which is I think both on Friday and Saturday at Renard's Gallery. Yep. 12 to what 7. What will we be talking about? We'll be talking about blurred culture. We'll be talking about some of Noir Caesar's projects, Exogenesis and Primus 7. Um, talking to a little bit about like black creators and like becoming, moving from being fans to being creators, such as Noir Caesar, Dorn by Chi, who we heard from Jack earlier this season, uh, a bunch of other people too, who've just been like going into the creator space. Yeah, I feel like that's the theme of our season unofficially. You know, I like that. And I think on that note, that's enough of this beautiful intro from us. Let's cue the theme music. And welcome to Nerds on Hip Hop, podcastable intersection of hip hop and nerd life. Obi Tries, Boruto, Tales of Vespera, All Frail Game. And if you know any of these names, welcome. And we got two awesome people here with us today. We got my legendary co-host. Victoria, a.k.a. Miss Old School. And then someone who should not, who's not a stranger to the podcast at all, the legendary novelist himself. Welcome, man. Yo, what's going on, man? Not much. Thank you for spending time with us today. We're deeply grateful. I'm happy to have yeah, you man, on. No problem. Man, it's been, what, about... It'll probably be about what six days, five days since Metal Face Hokage dropped and it's out in the world. How do you feel now that you've been able to like release that to the people? Um, I feel I feel like relieved, man. I I have a um pretty hard time like living in between projects. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just uh, I don't know. It's just stressful because sometimes you just you don't have something that's like circulating you know, a lot at the time, you just kind of mm-hmm. feel, I just, you just kind of feel like lost. Like you don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like that, that void between like dropping projects and not being on tour is, is mm-hmm. like a difficult time, especially at my work rate. Like I already have almost two other projects done and I, you know what I'm saying? So it's like having someone uh-huh. and then not having anything mm-hmm. out is, is like really, really nerve wracking sometimes, mm-hmm. but it feels good. Released to have it out, especially the reception has been, you know, so so great. So it's it's still good. Cool. I'm happy it's out. I'm happy you're feeling relieved and less restless. <laughs> yeah. Good to go. It's it's doing good. Um, I saw you mentioned on Bandcamp that you and Def D connected in Seattle on tour. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and like how you guys came together and Nolan? Yeah. You guys um, know? Yeah, so Def D, he also, he goes by um, Dom Sisley, too. He's got, like, kind of two names a little bit. But 
Mm. Um, Death actually produced a diamond rhyme for my group on our album. Um, my group, Clear Soul Forces, we, we put an album out called Still back in uh, February. And he um, he produced Diamond Rhyming on there. And then uh, I had also rapped over one of his beats um, a couple years ago. Uh, my homie, shout out to my homie from Detroit, Nolan the Ninja. He's another dope MC. If you guys are watching or listening, rather, you should uh, definitely check his music out. Um, he has a project out right now called Sporty. But anyway, so I had rapped over... One of Death's beats, uh, he had produced a song called uh, 40 Acres for Nolan a couple years ago on one of his albums, and I rapped on that, so I always thought it was dope. Um, when we had a show in Seattle, which was, I was on tour, had a show in Seattle, it was crazy, it was, it was packed, it was, it was a crazy show, and Death, he uh, he opened up, he played, you know, he played a, a beat set there, he was DJing, and, um, you know, he, we had talked to him, I talked to him a little bit, he was cool. Then he ended up uh, coming to Detroit to rock at the uh, at our last show on tour. So he came to Detroit, and then he was staying at um, my homie Elijah Day's house while he was out there. So I went over there, and we just kind of kicked it. And uh, I had had this idea. So Metal Face Okage, originally, I was just going to rap over some Doom Beats, you know, but then I kinda, I'm kind of like at this point where I don't want to do that, and I don't ever want to rap over you know, somebody else's beat. I just want to do our original stuff. Mm-hmm. So right. it kind of turned into, it kind of just turned into me and me and Death. You know, he played me some beats when he was in Detroit, and I was like, oh, yeah, we should, you know, we should definitely, we should do it like this. And then, um, and it just, it happened quick. I told him that, too, you know. I was like, man, I'm, I was like, I'm going to have this done a lot faster than you think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm sending them, seven eight songs and he was just like wow you know what i'm saying so it was good we got good chemistry so it, it came out really good yeah the chemistry came out real great it was like peanut butter and jelly man <laughs> yeah like smooth <laughs> smooth peanut butter and jelly <laughs> peanut butter one of the things that's always like drawn us to you and it's always throughout this project is like it's the way that you use anime to kind of inform your rhymes and I think that's very different from what other people do other people I think use anime for a punchline but you use it for like vivid imagery or to communicate an idea could you talk about like the general approach of how you how you describe what you do differently like, I'm thinking of a Kage Bunshin line where you talk about your mind going through dust of like, like it's, it's the details. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I think, what did I say? I think it's, um, I can't even remember. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. Um, uh, something like Shadow Clones with Kage Bunshin, you never catch my movements. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, I think that um, me being, obviously uh, a lifelong, you know, fan fanboy of anime and stuff. I think as a writer, I think that the the key is to um show that you are influenced by things without screaming it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without yeah. being like, Hey, I like you know, I like anime. I'm doing this like Goku, like Naruto, like you know, it's a part of the um part of the 
the challenge of being a good writer is to be able to get that point across without shouting it at the top of a moment, you know what I mean? And just kind of using it to, using it as, um, like, foundation and building blocks for your rhymes, but not having it be, like, the whole entire picture, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, like, that was done really smoothly, it's just how you kind of lace Naruto throughout the album. Um, Yeah. I think, like, you kind of start off with the scene from Naruto, like, you know, the album title kind of inspired, is inspired by it. Um, so what made, what do you, like, what about Naruto do you love so much, and why did you choose that scene from Naruto to kick off the project? Um, I, uh, I love Naruto, obviously. Naruto is probably the first really long anime that I ever just, not only, not watched, but, like, experienced it from, from the ground up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was my first, like, life-changing like long anime that i just followed and and mm-hmm. followed it all the way from beginning to end and so that's why i love it so much you know and it's just like i mean you know people call me uh you know microphone hokage so i love that and i run with that and um mm-hmm. and just uh the metal face thing like i said that came from the project originally supposed to be a doom doom thing so instead of it being doom beast it's just kind of doom inspired you know so mm-hmm. i kind of mixed the the two uh, some Naruto stuff with some Doctor Doom uh, stuff, and that's that's where uh, that's where I came. And then I, as soon as I, as soon as I was gonna name the project that I heard, I already knew that I was gonna use that first clip. I was like, I'm, I gotta find that clip for it. Now. <laughs> so talking, about it talking about taking the mask off. That's perfect. I found it. I hate English dub, man, but it's obviously <laughs> you gotta use that. So you gotta use that so people know the what you're talking about, what the what they're saying yeah. in the it's not like they're watching it with subtitles. Mm, yeah, yeah no. that makes sense. Yeah, see subtitles yeah. and samples. That we, <laughs> she and I had the conversation about watching Naruto dub versus watching Naruto sub a little bit earlier. Mm. So it's like, oh man, I can't, I can't do it. I can't watch it uh, English dub. I can't, can't do it. <laughs> I, I hate. I, I, I just think that. I just think that. Um, Jap. Japanese is such a good um just language for conveying like emotion you know you know and right. I just feel like when you watch there are now there are some good English stuff like Cowboy Bebop is a great English stuff Samurai Champloo yeah. is a good English stuff Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is a good English stuff there there are a very select few uh Dragon Ball Z you know there's a select few good um, English doves, but at the same time, I I don't prefer it because especially when you're watching something like Naruto, where there's the there's so many like emotionally charged moments and attacks, and it just don't not the same, you know, when when it's like an American person and they're doing mm-hmm. it. So yeah, whack. like it changes the whole tone of the anime every time I think it about changed, it. Exactly, that's mm-hmm. it's a true. And then sometimes if you so like my son, he my son's nine and he watches anime in Japanese now. But when he was uh, when he was you know I showed him Naruto and he was like when he's like five, four or five, and he you know he would watch it. I would I would watch it in Japanese and I'd put it on for him in English and I'd watch it with him and I'd be like sometimes I feel like the 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 dub doesn't even translate the same exact things almost as the mm-hmm. you know what I mean as the sub mm-hmm. like it's. It's way different. Yeah, that's definitely true. 
so much. Like, same thing with Sailor Moon, too, like, sometimes. But you get a different feeling based on what you're watching. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that really stood out for the project was, like, how detailed-oriented your theming goes. So, like, on Ninja Scroll, you talk about how living and living life are different, and you're just kind of emphasis on taking control especially when I think about you doing that right after what you did on Train of Thought, talking about, like, how crazy the world is and, like, understanding the world for what it is. Could you talk about yeah. the kind of the wisdom that you've seemed to have gained a lot since September, September last year where you talked about, like, making the decision to go indie, all of that, and you even do a little bit of that, I think, on Ninja School where you talk to your past self? Right. Um, I just think that... You know, I've um I've been doing a lot of a lot of reading. I mean, I think that's where you know you get you have to read, man. If you want to if you want to know, um, you know how how the world works and and, and everything that's going on, you got to read. And I read a lot, and I just it's and I've been reading more obviously since I since I quit my job. I've had time on my hands and just you know doing more martial arts and you know delving more into that. And, and I just have kind of a I have, like, I feel like um, at, at my age now, I finally have, like, my view of the world, you know, mm-hmm. not what, not what, what um, you know, what what I, what I other people tell me or what I learned in school or, you know, I, I think I have my view of the world now and I just, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm able to to get that across, you know, with my, with my rhymes a lot better now than I could before. Mm-hmm. What have you been reading lately? Um, I actually, the books that I read most recently that really changed, uh, a lot for me was, uh, the book of five rings. Mm. Um, I read that, uh, it's a book by Miyamoto Musashi and, uh, it is really, really, um, what it is, is it's a, I don't know if you know who he is, but he is a legendary, um, samurai like best ever you know and he um basically i had always knew about him because my you know my martial arts training my seafood would sometimes uh drop little stories about him or like little references about him and um even in i don't know if you know this but even at samurai shampoo there's that episode where jen um he gets you know he fights sarah on the bridge and she almost kills him and he ends up getting taken care of by that old guy. And then he asks him his name, and the old guy says his name is uh, Miyamoto Musashi. And Jim kind of looks like, what? And then the uh, dude's just like, oh, I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, <laughs> but, it's, but he really was. That was probably him because the story is that he was just so good that at the end yeah. of his life, he kind of just like exiled himself into the, into the moment. And yeah. he wrote this book. And the book is it's called The Book of Five Rings, and it's just about... Um, Basically, um, the five rings are like earth, you know, like the elements, and then void is like the last one. Void is kind of where you you enter this this uh, this time where you have where you've just like you're just basically complete, you know, like you you have like your understanding and, and mastery of, of everything around you. And it, it's a it's a it's a book about you know samurai stuff, but you what you do is you read it and you can apply it to to everyday situations in life, you know, like some things that I that I love from is uh from one thing learn ten thousand, you know, 
uh, do nothing that is of no use. Like it's tons of good, good stuff in it. And I just think, you know, I read that book and that was one book that changed a lot for me. Um, I've been reading another book called, uh, sound and sense. Sound and sense is just, uh, it's like a, a book on poetry and just, it just like, um, breaks down like a lot about, uh, poetry and how it's written and how people use different, how poets use like different tools to get different kinds of tones and messages across. It's a, it's a good for, you know, writing and stuff like that. And I also been reading this other book called Aesthetic Animism. I hate it. It's really complicated. And, <laughs> but, but, Sometimes you got to read yeah. stuff you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked up the book of five rings and it's, on Kindle, available for 50 cents right now. So if anyone wants to get it, now's a good time yeah, to get definitely, it. Definitely, definitely read yeah. it. I'm about to cop it myself. Yeah. And also, uh, I mean, this is kind of, I have a project, another project that I don't know when it's going to come out, probably not for a while, but I actually have a song um, on this on a new project that I don't know when it's coming out once again, but where I kind of interpret the Book of Five Rings in the song, so I can't wait to put that out. Oh, we got to have you back to talk about that track then. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And we'll probably, hopefully, have read the book by then, too, and we can really... (laughs) (laughs) That's dope. Cool, thank you. I'm always curious what people are, like, reading, Um, especially, like, with you, like, I noticed, like, you, you mentioned, so like, a variety of stuff in your music, like, in this project, like I know you mentioned, like Star Wars, Ocarina of Time, but then you like switch up and like sample Martin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, it's so cool. So like, what makes you think to like put these together? And I guess it's just like you know, just you being like informed by so many different things. But like, what made you throw that scene in for Martin and just like think of all these like different things you want to talk about? I mean, that was that's all Def D, man. You know, the the mm-hmm. Martin sample. He just um, he he mm-hmm. had that beat and. <laughs> he, he was that was one of his favorite beats and, and it was it was dope man so but just i mean i just think it's important especially as a, a rapper to allow yourself to kind of be influenced by just whatever whatever it is that you like you know that you feel passionate about like it doesn't always have to be real obviously not real life because i you know i love all types of fictional stuff it's i just think you need to let yourself be influenced by like whatever it is that that like you know what drives you and what makes you who you are and just put it in your put it in your music put it in your writing without you know without thinking about it so much right that makes sense one of the things that i've been paying attention to is that i i think it's a 5 a.m in shibuya where you talk about watching the and that was on Cerebral Apex where you talk about the man who missed the train and talking about, like, worrying about that person's work. And then here on this project, you talk a lot about, like, the weariness of 9 to 5. Like, could you talk about, like, breaking free from the stereotypical work schedules and things of that nature? Yeah. Um, I mean, being – when I was in Japan, like, that was one thing that I always tell people about is just – it's so crazy seeing – somebody who obviously probably been working their ass off all day and, um, you know, they got a, a suit and tie, a nice, nice briefcase, and they're, like, sleeping on the floor in the subway because they missed the train because they've been working. They worked too late. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. And 
you know, here for me, it's just, for me, I'm just, I mean, yeah, I went to school and I graduated, but like, I'm so, I, I'm so, um, I just, I, I can't, I can't do that, man. Like, especially right now, I can't, I cannot do that. Like when I am punching the clock every day, I feel, I feel so defeated. And and I like, I get, I was depressed for a really long time when I was working on, you know, Cerebral Apex and some other music I've been working on. And I just, I just couldn't, I can't do that. And, and, and I know that it's not realistic, you know, to, to encourage people to not do that. But at the same time, if it's if there is something in front of you that seems the least bit obtainable, like you need to try to do that before you submit and and you know kind of just work a regular job that you don't want to do. You know, there's so many people who, you know, who you they look up and they're like 40 years old and they they're like, yeah. man, I hate going to work every day and been 10 years and 10 years goes by you know what i'm saying and, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of too late and 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 it's never there's never a right time to make a, a big decision you know you just kind of have to do it and that's kind of what i've been going through and what i realized right yeah that's so true like time passes by quick you don't even realize it and then you know your yeah. dreams are gone or you know the things you thought you wanted to do or you wanted to do like you have right. to be now or never Right, and and it's and it's it's easy to you know get comfortable, and then once that happens, it like you said, time just just flies when you're comfortable. Yeah. And, and sometimes you end up feeling like you can't do it. The longer you get comfortable. Right, and and nothing is, and nothing is easy. So I mean, obviously, you're gonna have to not be comfortable for a while if you want, if you want something you really want. It's not gonna happen overnight. You know, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be times where you, there's going to be times where you want to quit that too. You know, but mm-hmm. right. Okay. One thing too, I noticed like with the album, and even like through your Instagram, like you seem to have a really appreciation for nature. And train of thought, yeah. you talk about how like the world is using, is abusing, but like Megazord, ah, sorry. And then like, you're talking about, like, freeness and gratitude. Um, and then, like, even on your Instagram, like, I would see, like, you posing, like, doing, um, like, like meditating and kind of, like, posing, like, in front of, like, water and stuff like that. So, like, can you talk about just, like, your love of nature? Uh, yeah. Um, I just, you know, I I don't think that uh, humans appreciate the planet enough. And like I said, I I think I said, I said that on the project, you know, the, the earth is not immortal. We watch them destroy the planet, you know, mm-hmm. and and we do. Like, there's, they do so much things to hurt the planet. Like, they think it's indestructible, and it's not, you know. And and until we until we get a change in, in our world leadership, it, it's only going to get worse, you know. They, mm-hmm. and, it, and I just think that, um, I think it's something that's really easy to, um, it's something that's really easy to forget because you it's just you know, you've been on this planet since you were born and this mm-hmm. is all this is all you know, so it's it's regular but you don't think about it. But it's just just like once again, like reading reading the book of five rings, it kinda enlightened me on how how you should appreciate nature and how you should, you know, appreciate the timing and nature and how you should just appreciate all all living things and it's just mm-hmm. like just the way that 
you know, like I said, the people in power treat the treat the planet is like it's like it's it sucks, but it's also kind of disturbing. You know how mm-hmm. they just don't care. Yeah, and take it for granted for sure. Yeah. So I'm. Um, and maybe we're doing this analysis wrong where I think about like a lot of your short EPs have been kind of some kind of tribute to one hip hop legend. You've had the new job is joined. You've had this. I think you can even argue the, uh, the tsunami one had a lot of Dillo influence on that. Obviously you don't want to give up the ghost of what's coming next, but are there any other hip hop legends that come to mind where you're like, I couldn't, I would love to do some kind of tribute in vain of, but obviously it's not on the immediate list, so you can leave people in suspense. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think it's uh, important to, I think it's super important to um, kind of pay homage to people that that kind of changed my, my life as far as music goes and just stuff that I listen to all the time, like whether I grew up listening to it or I still listen to it now. And that's, this, that's just kind of, this is kind of my way of doing that without you know, rapping, like, like I said, I probably won't just go out and rap over their beats, you know, per se, like I did right. on um, Can You Someone in the Moonlight or uh, Dylan Instinct or something like that. But it it would definitely be done in the form of kind of how Metal Face Akage is, where it's clearly inspired by, but not also not, you know, using their stuff. But, yeah, definitely more. There's, there's a lot more people I, I want to... Um, kind of show my appreciation for it, so. Makes sense. I think that goes into Victoria's question really good. Yeah, it's just like, um, so, like, it seems like you're, like, if there was a Detroit family tree of rap, like, you definitely, like, solidified your place in this. But, like, if... Sorry. (laughs) Oh... So, if, like, who would be, like, the core Hokage for you if Detroit was, like, you know? Oh, man, yeah. that's a, that is a, that's a hard question because Detroit is so, Detroit is, is such a, man, there's so many dope people that come from Detroit, like, obviously mm-hmm. M, obviously Dilla, uh, Royce, mm-hmm. man, Slum Village, LA, Guilty Simpson, uh, Black Milk. Danny Brown, like mm-hmm. there's a ton. I probably would have to say, um, I think I got to say Dilla, man, you know, because okay. a lot of people who like D- Dilla and talk about him, I feel like they're not necessarily aware of his rapping. Like Dilla was actually mm-hmm. a really good rapper too, you know, like when he was in Slum, he was, he was the best rapper in Slum, you know, at the time. Like he was... He could rap. He's a good rapper. He's obviously a, a great producer. That's what people are known for. But mm-hmm. him kind of, you know, and I, I love Eminem. Eminem is he's one of my top two favorite rappers of all time. But just in terms of somebody who, who kind of constructed, I guess, the the means for somebody like me to flourish in, a, in an underground scene, it, it would have to be Dilla. Yeah. So, would you think of him as like the first Hokage, given um, tr- giving you the flexibility to add place people in like the order? Because I was like, I would definitely 
Okay, so we're gonna do this. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> Dilla's 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 definitely Hashirama. Like he built it. Mm-hmm. He built it. He built the village. You know, and then uh, you know, then probably have to say somebody like M. M would probably be, you know, like the like Saratobi. Like was he third? He would be like Saratobi in terms of him being the the best kind of on paper. In, in skill wise, you know, and and then Royce would probably be Monado, you know what I'm saying? Because Royce is out of all the kind of Detroit legends, he's uh, he's the one that I'm closest to, you know. I'm, I'm right. we we're homies, and so he would definitely be like the fourth. You know, he's kind of the the younger legend out of everybody else, and he's um. And he's, you know, he's just, just dope, just real dope, yeah. highly skilled, and uh, everybody respects him. He's kind of, he's a legend, so, so I'd say he's definitely good. Okay. Thank you. That was a good breakdown. That was fun. And we thought, too, that, so, like, switching out, just, like, keeping in, I guess, Shonen, um, I saw that you're really loving Demon Slayer, lately so oh man yes uh, how do you feel about it do you think it's, it's going to be one of the like amongst the goats and shonen later on or yeah what you i doing? do um mm-hmm. i love demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba man i i randomly picked up the first manga book um like i was at this uh store by my house and it just I'd never seen it before and it was it was the first one and it was I picked mm. it up and I read it and I was I was like super amazed by how fast it, it was, like how fast it was moving. And then mm. when I saw the anime come out, I watched the first episode and again I was like, Wow <laughs> and then the the animation is like so good and mm-hmm. and the and the, the they just have it's like everything about it is just is this on point? Like the animation, the the theme, the opening theme song is is amazing. Uh, mm. The it's it's the show is like amazing to me so far. I love it, and I do think it's gonna be um, uh, all time uh, great sound and anime. I just mm. I don't know how long it's gonna be, just because of how fast is it. Like the show is moving so fast, mm. you know. And the crazy thing about it is that the manga moves even faster. So I don't really know how long it's yeah, and I don't know how long it's gonna be, but I'm, I definitely love it, and I and I do think it's gonna be a classic. It's really it's it's and what I always tell people, I feel like um kind of the newer the newer uh, shonens like you look at my hero or even uh, even Hunter x Hunter right like they kind of mm-hmm. they kind of um succeed where the other like great shonen's kind of failed at where so like if you watch you watch my hero one thing about my hero that's so good is like midoriya is kind of this like this product of like taking out all the negative qualities of like main shonen characters you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like he's he's not he's not stupid he's not he's not so dumb like like some of them are and and they're all kind of dumb in different ways like you know goku i love goku but he's an idiot you know naruto is (laughs) Is is dumb in the sense of like social dumb, but he's not mm-hmm. he's not a dumb uh, combatant though. You know what I mean? Right. And, but then you got Luffy, who's just like a <laughs> complete airhead. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and then you get characters like Gone from Hunter x Hunter, mm-hmm. who is kind of like almost perfect, right? He was almost perfect. And then I feel like Midoriya is just kind of like that. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like that perfect character. I mean, I know, and, and it, kill, it, it kills me because I, I see a lot of people say that he's, that he whines and he's a, and he's a, and he's a crybaby and I'm just kind of like he he doesn't cry any 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 more than you know other main shonen characters. If anything, mm-hmm. he, I feel like he's he's so smart and and he's really like one of the first like really smart main shonen characters. I mean that we've seen at that level, you know, because he's he's kind of uses his brain before he, before you know his body. And I think that uh, I just think that he's probably the closest thing we've seen so far to like a perfect shonen mm-hmm. uh, like protagonist. Yeah, and he has so much more catching up to do too. I think just like you know, yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Like to hundred. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, but like like you said, man. Like I I love Mario. I think I think. Uh, I think Midoriya is a great character. I mean, mm-hmm. how many perfect protagonists are there really, like, in the world? And Spike from Cowboy Bebop? I mean, other than that, I don't know who else. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I, Not many. I think... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's it. That's a good point. There aren't many perfect protagonists in any genre or, you know, medium. Yeah. Is one of the things I did want to ask you, you, you knew, obviously because you got me to watch Fate Stay Night, are you, do you, rec, do you recognize the similar animation techniques since they're the ones who are also doing the adaptation of Demon Slayer? Is that, is that, uh, is that, um, them? What is that, uh, Anaplay? I don't, I keep forgetting the name of the Fate team. Let me see if I can pull that up quickly. Is it? It might. I don't know if it's Aniplex or if it's. Um, I think. I think they just call themselves uh, Unlimited Blade Works. Okay, that that was the name of the face. That was the name if of the If it series, is so. them, I can guess. Yeah. If it, if it is them, it is them that are doing Demon Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah, I can definitely. Like I said, that Fate is probably the most impressive animation that I've ever seen in an anime. That's what made me like the show. Ufo Table. And, there we go. That's def- the name. Okay, that's the name. I definitely see uh, that. Like I said before earlier, the thing that stood out to me the most about the first episode of Demon Slayer was the, the quality of the animation. And I can for sure see that now that you, that you said that. Because that was the first thing that stood out to me about the face show. The animation was so crispy. And that's how this mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I'm really digging the animation too. It's it's good. I watched the first. It does move fast, like you said. Like major plot points already happened. I think I only watched like the first three episodes. Yeah, man. It, it's I think like three years goes by. In the first, like, yeah, years, right. I was like, like, all damn. right. And then he's and then uh, he's he's like so good, so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. why I'm saying I don't. I mean, and and I mean. I kind of appreciate that. I mean, it's it's a nice change of pace from, you know, watching a character struggle for 200 episodes before, yeah. before they, you know, before they're, they're good. So it's, 
it's it's a dope little change. Um, so I mean, it's like I'm I'm just super interested to see where it goes, how long it lasts, because it is moving so fast. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm yeah. yeah, I gotta I gotta catch up. I haven't I stopped watching it for after a while. I've only been watching Sarah's and Mai this season and everything else has just been I gotta get to it eventually. Right. It's 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 worth it, man, for sure. You gotta check it out. Definitely. Uh where, if people want to both find find you on social media, where do they find you? Where do they find your band camp so they can go buy all your projects? Give, give us all the social media plugs necessary. All right. Uh, social media plugs. Uh, first of all, uh, you can hit up novelist.com, N-O-V-E-L-I-S-S. Um, there is a little social media tab on the page, and it'll take you all my stuff. But that's where um, you know you can get a physical copy of my projects. You can buy some merch from me. Got some shirts on there, some hats. Um, uh, next, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, my name on Twitter at uh, the novelist t h e n o v e l i s s. Instagram, which is my personal favorite form of social media. You don't have to talk. You share pictures. <laughs> Um, uh, my Instagram is novelist CSF N O V E L I S S C S F. Then Facebook just novelist N O V E L I S S. Um, my Bandcamp uh, novelist.bandcamp.com. Uh, spelling again N O V E L I S S. Uh, all my projects on there as well. Got some merch on there as well. Um, kind of trying to get people to make the the jump from Bandcamp to my website, but. I, you know, I know it takes time, so I don't really care. I, I always put everything on both of them because I, I still have a lot of fans that still hit up my Bandcamp page. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, follow me. Follow me, my journey. And you're on Spotify too, iTunes, all of that. Oh yeah, every yep, Spotify, <laughs> everything, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all streaming yeah. platforms. I'm on all streaming platforms. N O V E L I S S again. <laughs> so, um, Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Thank, Thank you so again for, for spending time. Again. Mm-hmm. This has been dope. And obviously, you, you know for having who. me, man. Of course, of course. And if you want to find myself on social media, the Wolves Den Twenty Five on Twitter, and you can find Miss Old School at Miss Old School. Yep. With a K. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Let's go with the K. Yeah, thank you again.